2021. I entitled our message, Hope in the New Year. Hope in the New Year. Um, our anchor message will be, our message will be coming from Romans 12, 1 to 2 and 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If you have your Bibles, please turn them over to those verses. I'll also have them on the screen because this is the first Sunday. I'll be nice. Next Sunday, <laughs> you're going to have to bring your own Bibles. Romans 12, 1 to 2 reads, And so, dear brothers, I plead with you to give your bodies to God. Let them be a living sacrifice, holy, the kind He can accept. When you think of what He has done for you, is it too much to ask? Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but be a new and different person with a fresh newness in all you do and think. Then you will learn from your own experience on how His ways will really satisfy you. This is in the, the Living Bible translation. In 2 Corinthians 5.17 reads, When someone becomes a Christian, he becomes a brand new person inside. He's not the same anymore. A new life has begun. This is the Word of God. Please join me in the Word of Prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you for this evening. We thank you for last year. However challenging it was, Lord God, you kept all of us and you still blessed us, Father. You've provided and sheltered us from trouble. You've healed those who got sick. You continue to provide for us with our work, our businesses, and our jobs. Truly, Lord God, you are our refuge. You have kept us safe and you have blessed us. We thank you again for another year. Although we may not know what this new year has in store for us, we know that it is still you who holds our future. And we thank you for that truth because you are good, you are loving, you are forgiving, you are powerful, you are merciful, you are gracious. We ask now, Lord God, that you again speak to us by your Holy Spirit, to all your people that are here in this building and the ones that are on Facebook. I pray, Lord, that you open their hearts and their minds as we use your Holy Scriptures to know more about you, your will, and your ways for us. We ask, Lord God, for your blessing. Anoint me now, Lord God, as use me once again as your vessel for your message to your people. Bless and supersede my preparations. Let you and you alone speak to your people. Forgive us, Lord, for all of our transgressions that we've committed against you and our fellow men. Please, Lord God, don't let anything hinder our prayers by being answered by you. We ask for your grace and mercy that is new every morning. We ask for your wisdom. We ask for your blessing. In your Son's sweet and mighty name, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. 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 So, um, it is the new year. You know, and there's always a great hope. For some reason, the world resounds it. Everybody, I don't know, I don't know if you've seen the essays of, uh, everybody had an essay on how 2020 was, right? On Facebook. I don't know if you posted yours, but everybody will say how terrible 2020 was or maybe challenging, but yet God blessed them. And then now they're on for the new things and there's great hope for 2021. Especially now with the vaccine being available, and I know some of you have taken it. There's such this great optimism, right? Happy New Year is what everybody greets you, greet each other. And that's always in the context of a positive note. Hope is here. Things will be better. Life will be better, right? 
2021 will be better because 2020 was terrible. There's no way but up from 2020. New Year or something new is always approached with and anticipated with hope. Hope that life will be better. That the blessings and happiness, joy, peace will come. That the things that we've been craving for or needing that we didn't get last year, it will be available for us this year and then we will actually get it. It's that positive vibe. You know, the politicians from both sides, they use this too. They use it. They use it for their own propaganda, right? To, to orchestrate their propaganda. They either use it for positive or negative, but regardless, it's for their own use. You know, the people at the Madison Avenue in New York, the advertisers, they take advantage of this New Year thing. They want to take advantage of your positive attitude to bring you to new heights of spending money. You need a new car. It's a new year. The car is old. It's three months old. Get a new one. <laughs> Whatever the world has placed their hope in is usually the makings of the New Year resolutions. Right? There's one thing too. The New Year resolutions. I don't know if everybody did it this year because everybody's concerned about getting sick. But there's a list. You know, there's a list of, of New Year's resolutions. This is from GhostSkills.com. Right? Let's read this. Exercise more. Mm -hmm. Lose weight. <clears throat> Get organized. Learn a new skill or hobby. Live life to the fullest. I love that one. There you go. Save more money. Spend less money. Quit smoking. <laughs> Spend more time with family and friends. Travel more. Now, how can you save money if you travel more? But anyway, read. Read more. Read more books, right? And how about, you know, this could possibly be for the just the young people because some of the older and mature people here are probably, that's not me. I don't want to travel anymore. You know, there's actually one website for you guys that took a list of it. Goodhousekeeping.com. This is for the 55 plus. Build a better budget. Cook one new thing each week. Read more books. Join a club. Create cleaning schedule you'll stick to. <laughs> see, this? they're more responsible. You see the list here? Clean, organize. Create a cleaning schedule. Drink less alcohol. Quit smoking, similar to the other one. Eat veggies regularly. Wow. Most of us are vegetarians, but uh, non-practicing, right? Non-practicing regs. <laughs> but if we if we put that list together, we could put that list together. We will summarize it with this. Health, right? Nobody's saying it. Maybe some people are saying it, but the health is their resolution. I want to be free from COVID-19 and any other diseases. Number two, no, you know, before number one, number two was number one. But because COVID, it cleared everything for people. Like, you know what? Health is actually better. <laughs> so they go, number two now is money, career, their career, their jobs, their business, their retirement portfolio. Number three is their relationships, their family, their friends. Either they get rid of their family or they add them. You know, it's to add or to remove those relationships. Whether it's toxic, they want to remove it. If it's positive, they want to be involved in it. Most of the New Year resolutions can be summed up into these three things. And I, I submit to you tonight that the New Year resolutions, whatever it is for you, that is where you put your hope in. That is where you put your hope in. That is where, and then where your hope is, that's where you get your peace from. And then whatever that is, that's where you put your trust in. Now, is it, is it in relationships? 
Is that the most important thing for you? That's why you made it as your number one priority for the coming year? Is it your health? Because you want to be healthy. You don't want to die. Right? You don't want to get sick. That's where you put your hope in. Everything that contradicts this, this list here is what ruins your peace. Everything that compensates and reconciles whatever is on that list is where you put your you accept, exert all your effort in. You put your money in there. You put your strength in there. And you, you pray to God that you get it. This is some, some, for some of you, this is why you go to church. So you get you bless one, two, and three. Some of us, sadly, we don't go to church for God anymore. We go to church for this. Now I have a new format. So please pray for me. Lord, please help me. I don't, I don't even trust that it'll work. But <laughs> what's the biblical principle behind what we've read? And then, and then base it, compare it to what the world has said. We read Romans 12, 1 to 2. To renew our minds. First point is, would you, he, Paul pleaded with the Christians in Rome that their, their bodies will be, their lives will be given to God. And then, and then he calls, both says that it's we're a new creation. Once you become a Christian, we're a new creation. So how do we reconcile these things? What is the biblical principle behind it? Now, God through Paul told us that the both that both churches in Rome and Corinth, the same thing. That once you become a believer, you are a new creation. Amen? The definition of new is something that we don't know about. That's why it's new. It's unfamiliar. It's something that we've it's never been touched, it's never been worn. A new clothes, new shirt, you've never worn it. You know it's a shirt, but you've never worn it. It's a new one. A new relationship. You don't know how it's going to turn out. You have an idea, but you don't know how it's going to turn out. Anything new is unchartered. You haven't experienced it. You might have an idea, but you don't know. So us Christians, most of us, I'm looking around the room, most of us uh, have been a Christian for a while. But the question for us is, are you a new creation? Now, people that concentrate on the doctrine of grace, and I love the doctrine of grace, but people that just concentrate on the doctrine alone argues that there is no need for change for a believer. The doctrine of grace has nothing to do, there's nothing that we can add to it or remove from it. Grace is grace. It's superseding. It's super. Our sins yesterday, our sins today, our sins tomorrow have all been forgiven because of grace. But, because we've been justified. But there is this thing that's called sanctification. Sanctification, folks, is the process of newness. The process, because we're a new creation. And what do we renew? Our minds. First list there. We renew our minds. And what do we give up? Our bodies, our lives. There's a renewing. Of everything and there's a warning there by Paul don't copy the behavior and customs of this world so if you look at your New Year's resolution or the things that you've made your mind up okay this 2021 these are the things I'm going to concentrate on you have to base that you have to to compare that to what God has asked you or what God expects of you now let me read this again and so dear brothers I plead with you to 
give your bodies to your lustful desires? Now I plead with you, brothers, that you give your bodies so that you'll satisfy yourself. Live, love, laugh. Let them be a living sacrifice, not holy, the things that the world can accept. Copy the behaviors of the world so the world will love you. And be as, as the same as you are because you're saved by grace anyway. Who cares what your pastor says? Since you've become a Christian, you are a brand new in essence, but you are not brand new in truth. Because you're really still the same. Life is just, new life is just a concept, but it really hasn't begun. Is that what it says? That's how we justify it. That's why we argue with it though. When there are certain things that we can't let go of our old selves, we argue with these verses here. And there are new things that the Bible has, has uh, the, the world, the, the Lord has revealed to us, but we could care less because we don't even read our Bibles. We barely make it a church unless we need something. We need healing. We need blessing. We need, you know, we need something. We don't need God. We need His blessings. Now, the truth about being a Christian, there's a few things here. The Christians are that they have accepted that they are sinners, right? And that they need a Savior, that their sins have, been, have condemned them to hell. And there is nothing that they can do in this world out of their own efforts that can save them, but only through the perfect work of Jesus Christ, the sacrificial work that He has done on the cross. That's the only thing that can save them. That is what the Christian has accepted. And both the irreligious and the religious are condemned. Anything apart from the work of Christ cannot gain them heaven. Only through accepting the gift of salvation from Christ. You see it here? And then there we are a new creation. And what does that mean? How can a man already been created be made new? How can you accept Christ when you were 22 and be made new? And it says there, by the renewing of your mind. How do you renew your mind? Oh, by continuing to watch Netflix and just binge all day. All day, every day. Watch news, CNN, Fox News, whatever. Whatever your party relies on. Oh, I'll, I'll hear it from my work. I'll, I'll go to church every now and then. That will renew my mind. I'll pray a little bit. I'll do my devotions a little bit. And that will renew my mind. That will change me. Because I'm possibly thinking this. And when I think of it possibly, it shall happen. <laughs> no, it doesn't happen. Correct? The renewing of our minds is by the studying of the Word of God. Amen? Now you reflect. You reflect on 2020. How much Bible reading have you done? Now, with the show of hands, with all humility... Because we boast in the Lord. If we're going to boast, we boast in the Lord. Amen? With the show of hands, who have finished the Bible from cover to cover? Show it. This is for the Lord. Boasting in the Lord. Higher. If I say a million, who wants a million dollars? That's how you race it, right? Where? Let me see it. Okay. Praise God. Now... The charge. 
<laughs> you know it's coming, right? The charge. For those of you Christians who have finished the, the word cover to cover, praise God. May God bless you for the sacrifice that you have done, for the many sleepless nights that you've taken. <laughs> I hope that He blessed you tremendously by revealing Himself to you. Because the God of Abraham, Moses, David, Joseph, is the same God that you are serving. Correct? And you have traveled to those pages. You know that you are serving the same God. And you have seen His power. Correct? Through those pages, you saw God part the Dead Sea. Correct? You saw it. Right? You part, he parted it. That's the same God that you're serving. For those of you who have read it, you, it the same God that has forgiven David is the same God that forgives you. Even though you've failed time and time and time again. And it's the same God who resurrected Jesus. That's the same God that you are worshiping and praising. Amen? That's the same God that you're serving. For some of you, you just have an idea. Until you take yourself through those pages, folks. Until you really take yourself through those pages. Through the boring list of Leviticus. <laughs> until you make that sacrifice. Until you make that sacrifice. You have to question yourself. Do, is my love for God, uh, I'm not talking about your salvation, your salvation is secured, but is my love for God worthy of me lifting a page of this Bible? Christian, that's my challenge for you this year. That's my challenge for you every year. That's my challenge for you. That's God's, that's God's it, it, it shouldn't even be a challenge. It should be a blessing. You know the people that are in those pages? They have to go through many years of putting letters together. They don't even have the entire Bible. They don't even have the revelation. We have it. It's, a, it's God's blessing to us. It's God's blessing to us to, to see and hear His instructions. For Him to actually speak to us through those pages. Now how can you renew your mind, Christian? How? How? How, if you're listening to CNN, it's making you worry. You're listening to Fox and you're false. You're getting false hope. <laughs> you're looking at Facebook and you're like, my life is miserable because my friends are happy. I'm not. How? How, how can you renew your mind if, if we've discussed it? I hate to go back to our Christmas series, but if we've discussed it, that the world is dark. And there's nothing that the world communicates to us about the real God on, who, on how God, how good God is. How can you expect to grow if that's the only feeling that you have? Day in and day out, you're on your Instagram, your Facebook, whatever TikTok thing, whatever social media you're on. If that's the only thing that's feeding you, YouTube videos, how? How, how is it? And you're not reading God's Word. I know, it's January 3, 2021. If you, replay, if you go to my message uh, every January, the first Sunday, it's the same thing. It's the same charge, folks. But you know, God loves us nonetheless. Whether we take our time, we make the effort, God loves us nonetheless. But you know what? It's for us, folks. God doesn't change. You don't read His Bible, God doesn't change. You don't read His instructions, He doesn't change. You know what? You don't read His Word. You don't change either. You don't read His instructions. You don't change either. Your priority is still, this, still the same. Money, health, power. Those things that you are hoping for. They become your idols. Do you realize that? 
The things that you put your hope in becomes your significance. They become your purpose. And then once God takes that away from you, who do you draw your strength from? Where do you draw your strength from? If your mind has not changed, then you know what? I need to be successful in my business or else I'm a failure. Where do you get the affirmation that, that God will say, No, your fulfillment, your completion is in me. How? Where? If you don't read His Word. If you don't study His Word. If you barely make it to church. Folks, coming to church every quarter. Coming to church every, uh, let's say every Easter, every anniversary, Christmas. I have, you, 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 have to, you have to do your own spiritual inventory. You have, to ask, you have to ask yourself, why am I not living for God? Well, he said, you live our lives holy and pleasing to Him. Why is He not my priority? Because you've probably gone to work as much as you could, right? Last year. And you will continue to go to work this year. For those of you who are not retired, will continue to go to work. You will gamble. COVID upright, uptick. Can I still go to work? Yeah, okay, I'm coming. But, Church, optional. Church, optional. Now, what's the world's objection based on this? On the biblical principle of this? You know, remember this song? For those of you in the 80s, there was, there was this popular song. I'm only human. Oh, I'm singing it there. Born to make mistakes. You remember that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I didn't know this, but the title is Human by Human League. Huh. The, the song is about a cheating boyfriend who got caught. Now he thinks he can serenade himself out of that trouble from his girlfriend, right? He was caught cheating, but his excuse is this. I'm only human. I'm a man. I'm born to make mistakes. I'm made you know, by flesh and blood. It's natural to him to fail. Now, other than the world, the, the, this is the world's objection. This is how God created me, and I'm, I'm flawed. There is no way that I can continue to do perfect. Uh, I, can't, I can't be perfect. I can't continue to make correct decisions. Actually, I can consistently make bad decisions. That's what the world concedes to. So now if you, if you compare this to what Paul said to be a new creation, I'm 43 years old, how can I really change, right? <laughs> I'm an old dog, right? Can't teach an old dog new tricks is what they say, right? There, there, there really is no way for a man on his own strength with his old attitude and old knowledge on how he was raised by his environment, by how he was raised, raised by his parents, by his upbringing and his education or lack of education, there's no way that any person can actually change and be consistently good for their benefit and for other people's benefit, much more 
for the benefit of their salvation to be reconciled with God. There's really no way. But their ob objection, the, um, listen to this, the, um, the person, the man, admittedly says, I am not perfect. I can't do, I, I'm far from perfection. But that same man that acknowledges that says that there is no perfect God. That same man, that same imperfect man that admitted to his lack of and his flaws, that same man, they group themselves together with an all agreement and they say, we can change the world. We can change the world. We can make it into a better place. That's another song, right? Make it into a better place. We are the world. We are the future. Right? I mean, there's, there's so many things. The imperfect, peop, imperfect men always thinks that they can change the world while admitting that they're not perfect. And then discounting, and they're saying, we don't know everything, but we're sure that there is no God. Definitely sure. But guess what? Don't listen to me because I'm imperfect, but you know what? There's no God. I mean, it's like a drunk talking to another drunk. Right? Doesn't make sense. But that's... So how, how do you... Christian, how do you expect to change for the better, I mean, for God, how do you expect to live for God if you're listening to the world? And this is, this is their mantra. Different songs, different tunes, but this is, this is man's mantra. This is the world's mantra. They say money, make money, you'll be happy. And then some people will say more money, more problems. They say love. Love changes everything. And then they go through divorce, three divorces. And they say, well, I'll keep, I'll, I'll keep loving. Try and try until you die. Right? But the world tells us, God tells us in His Word that God created man and woman. But the world continues to argue day in and day out that now it, they're, they're passing it to the Congress that there shouldn't be any proper pronouns now? It, they, no she. No, the Philippines will have a hard time with that. <laughs> I mean, we're not good at pronouns in the first place and now they're going to remove her. Like, we're going to be confused now. Shim. <laughs> we don't know. You're going to kill us now. It's crazy. So, so the world does this. The world tells us this. And then we, 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 how do you battle? How do you get out of this? How do you get out of this one? Now, this, this is the defense. This is the defense for, for what Paul has written down, what God has told us through Paul in both 2 Corinthians 5.17 and in Romans 12, 1-2. And then John stole it from me earlier. <laughs> Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean out on your own understanding. The Living Bible translates this in this. If you want favor with God and man and a reputation for good judgment and common sense, then trust the Lord completely. See, 
I wanted the NIV to stay there because it, for me, it makes perfect sense. The trusting in the Lord most of the time does not make perfect sense for us. Do you agree? To make it in the corporate world, you need to make compromises. And most of the time, those compromises, we say compromises because it's against God's will. I've heard this. People would rather not get married because it's cheaper. It's cheaper to not be married because their, their insurance is cheaper. Their taxes is bigger. Their tax returns are larger. Right? Because it's cheaper. But the Bible says, tells us that we need to be married. That, that sex, as beautiful as sex is, because it's, it's God's creation. That it needs to stay in marriage. Right? But we would rather not obey God because we can't wait. Right? We love them so much. You know what that is? That's lust. I lust her. You lust him. Because if, if, if you're truly for God, you have to trust God. You have to trust God with all your heart. So who did your heart belong to when you finally fell for your boyfriend or your girlfriend and you violated the command of God to keep sex in marriage? Yourself. Right? Yourself. And then there's unwanted pregnancies that will happen. And then there's then you will lose God's blessing in your relationship. You know... When you're married, you argue. Somebody say amen. Not too loud. <laughs> Not too loud. <laughs> no dirty looks. <laughs> but when you're married, you get into arguments. You get into discussions. But God's blessing is upon you. Because God is in the middle of your relationship. Now, if you're not married, there's arguments too, right? There's no turning away from it. And you know what? There's no blessing from God there. You have actually cursed your relationship by sinning because sin is a curse. Now, how do we trust God with all our heart and then lean out on our own understanding in, in the things that the world tells us to do? Because the world tells us that marriage is just a piece of paper. That, that even though you're a boy, as science tells you, but the politics is now telling you that you can be a girl, how can you now... Trust the Lord. If you are a Christian and you have that struggle, how can you trust God but because your heart is really a girl? Right? I know I'm a boy. I know I'm six foot two, 200 pounds. I can bench 300 pounds, but I feel like I'm a girl. Like, how do I, how do I, how do I reconcile God's truth? These are all real struggles, correct? And how about, how about for the businessman? How about for the businessman who's been struggling for many years when then there's this business opportunity that was given to him, but then there's a lie behind it. There's this, we call it white lie in the business. This was many years ago called stated income in the business, in the real estate business. You just have to tell me how much you're making. You're good to go so long as you're breathing. You tell me you're making $500,000, you'll get the loan. The banks will give it to you. They actually encourage you to lie. And what, what happened in the entire world because of that white lie? How do you trust the Lord with all your heart? 
You know how you can? If you truly read his word. And a lot of his word, a lot of his revelation, a lot of his doctrines, you probably won't understand. And then he says here, and lean not on your own understanding. You can't lean. Imagine the Israelites were told when Joshua was finally leading them. And they were carrying the, the, the ark of the Lord. Remember? And then, and then God said, cross the Jordan River. And I will show these people that you too I have chosen to lead them. Because Moses parted the water and then God wanted to do the same for Joshua. So he will finally get respect from the Israelites. So the people were carrying the ark of the Lord and they were marching down. If I were in front of, if I was the front guy, I will see the water and I'll probably stop and say, the water is still there. But the scriptures show us that they kept marching towards the water. And by the time their, one, their feet got there, the water parted. They didn't even get wet. Perfect time, perfect timing of God because they obeyed it. It did not make sense, but it happened. How can the Savior of the world come from Bethlehem? The smallest, non-essential to our terms right now. City in their time. Coming from a poor family. A carpenter. Because if, if we were to write up the Savior of the world, it will come from a royal family. right? Somebody very well educated with parents and grandparents that are just majestic. That's the savior of the world. But God had a different idea. How is that understanding the same for us? It's not. How can be the son of God be born in a manger? And why did his victory have to come from a defeat? Because the cross, in the cross, he was defeated. It looked like he was defeated. It looked like he was beaten. But how? See, a lot about our faith does not, does not, Reconcile with our understanding, with our common sense. It doesn't make sense. A virgin birth? A virgin birth? I mean, gosh, you don't have to be the smartest guy in the world, but the virgin birth? To make wine, it takes many months. Jesus said, fill that with water up to the brim. And then he turned it to wine. Gravity alone, gravity alone tells us that there's no way a person can walk on, on water. Jesus did it. Peter did it. Now that's our faith, folks. A lot about our faith does not make sense. So why all of a sudden, when we're saying, trust in the Lord, in whatever situation you're in, how come all of a sudden, well, it doesn't make sense. I can't actually really believe that. Then, then maybe you shouldn't believe anything at all. And then how, how come that all our mistakes was paid by somebody else, not us? If you can't trust one thing that's in the Bible, you might as well not trust anything at all. You can't nitpick, guys. You can't. Most of us do. Oh, I like that. I like this. It's like an a la carte. It's like Chinese China Diner. You know, five ninety-five, two a la carte, one rice. Now, where is your hope? Where is your hope? Some nations boast of armies and and of weaponry, 
but our but our boast is in the Lord our God. You know, as I as I was playing with the translations, trust is synonymous to waiting. Trust is synonymous to boasting. So I use the Living Bible translation here. Do you boast of your achievements? You take your hope, because wherever your hope is, that's where you're boasting in. Wherever your hope is, that's where you're trusting in. To whomever your hope is, that's who you're trusting. And if you trust them, you'll wait for them, correct? If you trust that your company will give you the bonus that they have said, you will wait in anticipation. And your hope is actually in there. Now, are you boasting on the Lord? Are you waiting on the Lord? And are you trusting in the Lord? Or are you trusting in something else? I'll make fun of it. I'll take a stab at it. I did it earlier. I'll do it again. Some of us, we boast on the vaccine. 2021 will be better because vaccine is here. Hee-hee! Things will be back to normal. Yippee. Yeah. What if it doesn't? John told me the, the statistics is, what, 94%? So there's actually a 6% chance? I don't know. Maybe, maybe right, maybe wrong. But still, does that get, is it 100% protection from COVID? No. No, but it's good. You can travel with it, I guess. We can we can open it up again. Is it is this the time that we open it? And once it's open again, can we actually be happy again as as Christians? Oh, I'm finally happy because the world is back to normal. Casinos are open, churches are open. You know, you know when you're in trouble when <laughs> this was a joke. They said you know when you're in trouble when God and Satan agree on something. When the casinos are back open and the churches are back open again, you're in trouble. You know why you're in trouble now? You have a choice to know what to do. Oh man, should I should I gamble again or should I go to church? Because maybe I should go to church first, then gamble later. Pray and have the slot machines blessed. I gave my tithe. Maybe I'll get blessed now. Bible says, test me in this. So who do we boast on? Until you get to that point that your full and complete trust is in the Lord, until you completely remove yourself from, until it doesn't make sense to me, I will not trust God. Until you remove yourself from that thinking, you are not trusting in the Lord, guys. You are not trusting in the Lord. When, when Peter said, when he was in the boat, and he saw Jesus walking on water, when Peter said, Lord, call me, and I'll come, right? What happened? Peter walked on water. Did Peter say, Lord, explain to me what you're doing. Send me whatever doctrine that is. Send it to me an email. Confirm it to me with a, with a text. Show me other people to do it, and then I'll walk on water. And then I'll come to you. No. When, when Jesus said, come, and then he, out of faith, stepped out of the boat, 
he started walking on water as well. There was no training necessary. There was no other confirmation necessary except God's word. Now, most of us, we've heard God's word, God's command to us. Change, change your life. Live a new life. Live for me. Live like a living, as a living sacrifice for me. Live to be holy and pleasing to me and in my eyes. We've heard that multiple times. We've heard it in, our, in the songs that we sing. We've heard it in our readings. But we could care less. You know why? Because you're comfortable in your boat. You don't want to come to Jesus. Lord, just give me bread and fish. I'm okay. Lord, bread and fish. I'm good now. Don't call me there. Don't call me there. I don't want to get wet, Lord. I don't want to be in the middle of the storm, Lord. You know, if you haven't taken that step of faith and to be in a journey with the Lord and, and, and storm will, you will face storms because you're following God, you've never obeyed God. You've never obeyed Him. Because those of you who have obeyed Him, you know that storms come, right? Storms come because you finally decided to go to the prayer meeting and then your wife said, prayer meeting? You have to cook. Prayer meeting and a man. Going to church again? Church? Since when did you start going to church, you hypocrite? Ooh. Ouch, wait, ouch. That was actually for you guys. How come they hurt me? <laughs> no, no, we all have fallen, right? But see, when, when you finally decide to follow God, ah, storms happen. Attacks happen. But you know what, folks? It's a great journey. You know why? Because God is with you in that journey. Because you know what? Let me tell you something else. You're going through your own storm anyway, and you don't have God with you. Right? Why? Because life is beautiful? No. <laughs> life is difficult. Life is difficult. You come to church, you don't come to church because you're protecting yourself from COVID, you get COVID anyway. <laughs> what happened? Right? What happened? Same thing. Might as well take that journey with the Lord. Might as well live your life for the Lord. Might as well lose your life for the Lord. Amen? We have our brother Lito who we prayed for Christmas Eve. Right? He did the easy task, easy task, easy task. He went to go to the Muslim nation to share the gospel in the middle of the pandemic. Nothing. I don't even know why I'm using him as an example. That's huge, isn't it? That's huge. Now, now before you think, oh, I need to go to the Muslim nation too, so Pastor Joe can use me as an example. No, you don't, you, you, don't, you don't need to actually go to the Muslim nation and be used by God. You have your own mission fields. You have your group of friends. You have your co-workers that only you, only you can minister to. So stop calling me to share to your friends. You share to your friends. I'll share. Sure. Call me. It's a privilege. But let me tell you, we don't know. Do you know that they'll be there on Wednesday when I'm available? What if, what if they die on Tuesday? At 5 o'clock? No, seriously. What makes us so sure that they can be there on my appointment? You don't know. 
you have the responsibility to share the gospel. It's 2021. How many times did you share the gospel in 2020? How many times did you share the hope that is in you? How many times? How many times, folks, Christians, how many times did your life actually reflect the hope that is in you? When, when people looked at you, they say, man, that's a Christian right there. I can't believe he belongs to Jesus now because he used to play for the devil. He was a starting five for the devils. Wow. wow. I mean, can, can you actually, when you reflect on your life, can you actually say, Lord, thank you. All those many sacrifices, the things that you've revealed to me, it helped me take that journey with you. Because you know, folks, once you belong to the Lord, attacks will happen. It doesn't matter if you obey Him or not, you will be attacked. And what, the, what Satan likes is to disable you. Satan could care less if you will get saved. If a person will get saved, you know that? Because he knows it's not up to him. Because he knows people have been chosen. He knows that. He reads the Bible better than all of us. He understands the Bible better than all of us. But the truth about the Bible, he truly does not understand. But you know, if you look at the baptism of Jesus, right after the baptism of Jesus, he was sent where? To the desert to be tested, to be tempted by the, the enemy. Guess what happened to you? When you accepted Christ, guess what happened? You were tested. You are tempted. Day in and day out, you are tempted. Do you go back to your old self or do you live a new life? That's our struggle every, every morning. That's our struggle every day. Somebody offends us, do we go back to our old ways or do we live as a new creation and keep our peace? It's hard. Very hard. Especially if you know that they're just, it's so not fair, right? But we have to live a new life because we are a new creation in Christ Jesus. That our lives need to be lived for Him. There's no other way of, of saying it. That's the truth, folks. This is the new year. This is the new year. Again, 2021. Just for calendar's sake. It's the new year for the calendar's sake. But you're the same person. You're the same person. And if you have the same thinking, guess what? Your whole year will turn out like last year. When you're faced with changes, do you cower? And you go back to your old ways like, oh, I don't trust God. I really don't trust God. Or are you going to be a new creation? Trouble comes, you're like, Lord, the Lord is with me. I will continue. Look at these verses here. Isaiah 40, 31. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Do you hope in, is your hope in the Lord? Or is your hope in the in the, the government? Because if you, if you don't get the right precedent in there, then where does your hope go to? So your hope must be in the Lord. Is your hope in your job? What if you lose your job? Then you lose your strength. But then look, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Hebrews 10.23 holds unswervingly to the hope we profess. What's the hope that we profess? That Jesus is Lord. That God is powerful. That God loves us. That God holds our future. And then all of that is, is going to be true. Because why? Because God is faithful. 
I drank too much coffee. So, Psalm 33, 18. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear Him. On those whose hope is in His unfailing love. God loves it when your hope is on Him. You know, and not on someone else. And not on something else. And not on the government. Because why? God's a jealous God. Now before you jealous person, stop. It's, his jealousy is not like yours. Yours is a selfish jealousy. God's jealousy is unselfish. His jealousy is holy. His jealousy is holy. He jealously wants your attention because He sees you so important that although many people are around Him, He cares about you. That's how important you are. So if you've never been loved like that, you won't understand. None of us have ever been loved like that. None of us can ever love like that. We will never understand it. But God's love is a jealous love. He will not allow our hope to be on something else. If your hope is on someone else, God will remove that someone else. If your hope is on something else, God will remove in your life that something else. Because those things become idols. Because they take the top part of your lives. And God is jealous of that top part of your life. Until you become like Anne uh, Ann Lotz, the, the daughter of, of Billy Graham. When, when, when his, her parents were both sick and her son was diagnosed with cancer, it was noted in an interview that this is what she said, just give me Jesus. Just give me Jesus. Until Jesus becomes your all, your circumstances are still, if you're still focused on your circumstances, if you're still focused on blessings, if you come to God because of blessings, if you come to God to protect your relationship, if you come to God to protect your health, if you come to God because you want your job, and you don't come to God because you come to Him because of Him, you will never reach that point. It will constantly be a vicious cycle for you. Now, I'm, uh, John, John, I have a video here to kind of show us a very... Real example, an extreme example of people who have given their lives for God. Are we ready? Okay. Uh, if we can, um, so no, no, no volume, right? Um, okay. I think we can do it without turning off the lights. Okay. Please give your focus on, on the screen. Now here is the ISIS group escorting 21 Coptic Christians in Egypt. Mind you, the color. You see, the, the, the guys that are color wonderfully adorned with orange suits and not wearing any mask are the Christians, the followers of Jesus Christ. And the ones that are working for the dark world are wearing good enough, but black, and are not proud of themselves. That's why they have to cover themselves. I think COVID started here. But look at the difference here. Look at the difference. And I have to tell you, I have to tell you, I, I want to read it. The video shows 21 Egyptian Christians being paraded and then brought down to their knees and eventually beheaded. But as the blades touched their necks, the victims shouted or mouthed the words, Yarab Yeshua. Yarab Yeshua means, O Lord Jesus. 
they called out to the light of the world as cowardly men robed in darkness brutalized them. The ISIS captors have their faces covered and are dressed in black. It somehow depicts, depicts the darkness of their hearts and the shame that they have of the deed that they are doing, not wanting to reveal their real identity, the fear of capture. By ironically, proudly shows who they represent, ISIS and their purpose. You know what they try to do? The only way that the victims would have gone away from it is if they denied Jesus. If they deny Jesus as Lord, they will be spared from getting their head cuts off, cut off, heads cut off. But what did they say? Ya Rab Yeshua, oh Lord Jesus. By the show of hands, who of you have faced the ISIS here and have been asked to deny your faith? Or else your head will be cut off? Nobody. Nobody. We're far from it. You know what we cry about here? You know what we cry about? Our careers are going down. Our relationships are breaking. Our health is failing. God doesn't love me. Pastor wants to come, in, come to church twice a week. Those are the things we cry about. Those are the, most of the time, those are the things that we deny Jesus because things are going well in our lives. We start denying Jesus. We start coming, stop coming to church because things aren't going well. Shoot, if this is how Christian Christianity is, I don't want it. Trials come. But those, 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 those men there, they are sons, fathers, brothers of people. They had their lives, they faced losing their lives and they lost their lives for their faith. How about us? You know what we can't even give up for the Lord? Is our lustful desires for money, for sex, for power, I don't know, you fill in the blanks for you. What is it that you are denying God because you can't deny yourself of that sin? Folks, this 2021, let me read Romans 12, 1, 2 again. And so, dear brothers, I plead with you to give your bodies to God. Let them be a living sacrifice holy, the kind that He can accept. When you think of what He has done for you, is this too much to ask? Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but be a new and different person with a fresh newness in all you do and think. Then you will learn from your own experience how His ways will really satisfy you. 2 Corinthians 5.17 when someone becomes a Christian, he becomes a brand new person inside. It's not the same anymore. A new life has begun. Christian, where does your help come from? Where does your hope come from? Let me read to you Psalm 121, 1-8 as we close. I look up to the hills. Though where will my help really come from? My help will come from the Lord, the creator of heaven and earth. He will not let you fall. Your protector will not fall asleep. Israel's protector does not get tired. He never sleeps. The Lord is your protector. The Lord stands by your side, shading and protecting you. The sun cannot harm you during the day, and the moon cannot harm you at night. 
The Lord will protect you from every danger, including COVID. He will protect your soul. The Lord will protect you as you come and go, both now and forever. Amen. Let's close in prayer. As we recite Paul's words, Lord God, in these verses, I pray, Father God, that we focus and reflect our lives on you and you alone. Forgive us, Lord God, for the times that we've failed, for the times that we have, we wanted to satisfy ourselves in our fleshly desires instead of, instead of being pleasing to you. Father, thank you for everything that you have done for us despite our disobedience and our inconsistencies. Thank you for the things that you've reve revealed to us tonight. Thank you for the truth about our hope that is supposed to be on you and not on anything else and on any anyone else. Thank you for the love that we share together in this body of yours, in this church of yours, Lord God. We pray for all the words that you have sown into our hearts this day. Watch over them, Father, and protect them. May they take root and produce wonderful things, things and deeds of beauty and great blessings to you and to us. And as we leave this place tonight, we thank you that you walk with us. May we be alert to your promptings and live for you and keep our eyes set on you as we keep our hope on you and your love. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and glory in this age and forevermore. In your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior's name we pray. And all the Lord's people said, Amen. Amen.